The job. The stress. We are, there is an active shooter working at Douglas. Multiple gunshots are being fired. Politics. Politics. Pressure. Pressure. Get out of here. We got a guy with a long rifle. We don't know where the hell he's at. Fear. Survival. Control 765, I need the radio for a minute. Be advised, we are taking fire from a very high floor. We believe it's possibly coming from the Mandalay Bay. And we get it. And we have to do better. The truth behind the badge. Presented by the Team South Florida Law Enforcement Charity. Good afternoon. This is Rich from Team South Florida Law Enforcement Charity here with another podcast. It is December 23rd, 2020. I know it's been a little while since we had our last podcast. Needless to say, 2020 has been a crazy, crazy year, as most of us know. And rather than talk about something negative or talk about the stress and just some of the frustrations that we in the law enforcement profession have seen for the last far too long, I wanted to talk about something really exciting, something brand new, something that our entire organization, we are really proud to stand behind and support. So we are going to introduce Wellness for Warriors. And we have Megan and Gina Marie who are with us today, and they're gonna tell us a little bit about it. So good afternoon, guys, how are you? Very good, how are you? Great, thank you. All right, so uh, Gina Marie, why don't you tell me who makes up the team and maybe a little bit about what you guys do? Okay, so Megan and I are the co-founders of Wellness for Warriors. Also on our team, we have Ashley Etheridge, who is the glue that keeps us together, keeps us on track. She's our administrator of almost everything, all of the moving pieces. She keeps the gears going. Um, We also have Emily Nimtz, who is our spousal and family support coordinator. Emmy's husband was killed in the line of duty. She has the Nimtz Hero Foundation um, in honor of her husband. And she peer supports and provides tips and tricks and things like that for spouses of not only um, widows, but also spouses of active law enforcement and military, uh, as well as their families. And then we have Nicole, who is our website designer, online social media extraordinaire, who keeps all of that stuff going. And then um, as an organization, um, I am an active law enforcement officer. I'm also a New York State clinical social worker. So my piece of our foundation is taking my clinical knowledge and history and combining it with my law enforcement background um, and being able to support our first responders with any sort of issues, mental health, any sort of peer support. I'm also a nutrition coach and an avid fitness enthusiast. So I'm also nutrition coaching and helping first responders get back on track as far as um, eating right, staying healthy, getting healthy, and making sure that all of the pieces are kind of falling back into place. Megan, our other co-founder, does our wellness piece or our mindfulness piece. So she does mindfulness, meditation, yoga, as well as sleep help. 
she is a crucial part of what we do in that she helps first responders get through the moment. So if um, a first responder reaches out to us for help and they need help in the moment, if they're at work and they're experiencing something difficult or can't sleep, she gives concrete skills and tips on how to get through all of that. Well, you guys certainly have a big team. And Megan, just out of curiosity, as far as first responders, do you happen to think that some of them maybe suffer from some difficulty sleeping or do we all sleep as much as we should? (laughs) I think that you all have difficulty sleeping. And that is one of the most critical pieces. Our minds are what allow us to function throughout the day. And when we're not sleeping well, it impacts everything else. So sleep is one of the most critical pieces that I assist first responders with. And it's also because of the crazy schedules that the, you know, the circadian rhythms are all off and helping first responders come up with a nice routine, if you will, to be able to sleep and to sleep well is so critical to how they feel, perform, and how they are with their families outside of the job. Very interesting. So I get Gina Marie with the social work and the law enforcement combination. I don't know how you guys all came into contact with each other, but Megan, maybe you can tell me some motivation or some inspiration behind getting to where you're at today. Yes, absolutely. Well, I've had many uh, events that have brought me to where I am today, but I come from a large law enforcement family. My father was a uh, police officer for 35 years. My brothers also went into um, law enforcement. I have also been part of some of our nation's biggest tragedies, 9-11, the Boston Marathon bombing, as well as a fire that claimed the lives of two firefighters uh, down down the street from me when I uh, lived in Boston with my two um, twin daughters when they were only six months old. So I've had a lot of experiences where I've seen how our first responders perform under very difficult circumstances. And I'm also aware of the repercussions of that. And so my passion is to help them and to give back to those who so selflessly give to us every single day. We want to help them cope with the trauma that they see. And so after 9-11, I focused on yoga. I became a 500-hour yoga teacher. I got my master's in psychology and meditation and have been focusing on helping first responders ever since deal with the trauma that they see every day and so that it doesn't spill over into every facet of their life. What they do for us is amazing and we are just here to give back to them. I think what you guys are doing is amazing. So Jean Marie, how about you? Any sort of uh, specific motivation or inspiration or just kind of all of it? So I think it's it's a combination. I feel like this project, the Wellness for Warriors project, is the culmination of both of my passions in life. So everything has kind of just come full circle for me. So I have 10 years with of clinical experience. I worked in inpatient acute psychiatric facilities. I worked outpatient. I worked long-term residential facilities, all with trauma victims. So my clinical expertise in getting people through trauma, leaving that field 
as a profession and moving into law enforcement and seeing all of the similar and parallel traumas that they're experiencing day in and day out, and then recognizing the lack of support and lack of services that are provided to first responders kind of just gave me the push and the drive to do this with Megan. There aren't enough resources for first responders. If you're a civilian and you have a mental health issue, you don't think twice about picking up the phone, making a therapist appointment and going. First responders don't do that. They fear their job finding out, even if it's a small, what we would consider like regular issue, if they're having conflicts in their marriage, if they're you know dealing with stress, if they have a sick child, even things like that, no one wants their job to find out. Nobody wants to get rubber gunned. Nobody wants to get taken off the road. No one wants to get fired. So no one reaches out for help. So my clinical experience, plus all of my experience now as a law enforcement officer has just made it my life's goal to make sure that we are giving back and providing a safe, confidential refuge for first responders who need help. And then in sitting and talking with Megan, we both worked on something together prior to this, which brought us to where we are now. And I feel like we've kind of been blessed in that we've both got a separate but very equally important skill set that we're able to combine and bring to first responders and their families. We can tackle different aspects and different facets of your life to make sure that first responders are living a whole, happy, healthy life at work and at home. So I am so grateful for this opportunity to be able to combine my skills in both areas and to just help first responders because there's a need. I think you hit the nail on the head as far as the skill sets and combining everything. I think you guys have a hell of a team. It's like everybody's got their own specialty here or there. And depending on what services somebody might need, they can just go ahead and, and call. So let me ask you two questions and either one of you can answer this. Who can get help? Is it just police officers? Is it just firefighters? Maybe a dispatcher? And if somebody wants to get help, what are the different topics that somebody can get help in? If they're stressed out, they can talk to somebody? Any first responder, dispatcher, police, fire, EMS, paramedics, any first responder, military, any first responder, anyone like that can get help from us and their families, spouses, if you have issues with your children, things like that, anyone related to a first responder as well. And then from my piece, first responders can get peer support, so mental health support. If it's something that we think is more serious than just needing to have someone to talk to, then I'll also be able to refer them out for ongoing therapy or whatever it is we you know deem that they need. I will also be doing nutrition coaching. So that means I can help you learn what to eat, when, what not to eat. And when we're working rotating shifts or getting stuck at work and you end up in the gas station and you get a bang energy and like a slim gym, I can teach so that you're fueling your body and your mind appropriately so that you're feeling better and also fitness health. And then I'll let Megan explain what she does. But just for clarification, so you're saying for those of us that work night shift, we should not be having the Slim Jim and the Bang Energies? You know what? You really shouldn't, but <laughs> we'll definitely give you some leeway because we know sometimes that's all you got. All right. Fair enough. Go ahead, Megan. Yeah. So I think what Gina Marie was saying is, is great in that our team does have different specialties. So if you're coming to us and say you're just feeling stressed or you're having some trouble sleeping, we 
can help you with that. You don't have to have every single thing. You're not looking for, you know, nutrition, fitness, all of that. Whatever you are looking for to improve, we have that for you. So I handle the mindfulness and the meditation. And as Jean Marie had said earlier, one of the biggest things that that does that helps first responders is when they are in the midst of um, critical incidents, it helps them get through it. And we are here to help with those moments and then the aftermath of what happens. So if you go onto our website, you'll see that there's a page called Get Support and you can check off what you're struggling with, what you're dealing with. And we will make sure that you're assigned to the right person on our team to get that help. And I just wanted to add that from there, if you're going on the website, clicking the get help button. So those requests will go to Ashley, who will then let us know, hey, Jean Marie, this guy needs help with nutrition, just trying to get back on track. So then I would be the one calling you. So you're not going to have to talk to five different people before you get to the person you really should be talking to. And we've created a system so that it is streamlined, it is confidential, and it is quick and painless. All right. So two things on that. One, I uh, just wanted to let you know. So I pulled up the website. I went to it's wellnessforwarriors.live. And that's all spelled out. Like the words four is not the number four. It's just wellnessforwarriors.live. I clicked get support. And here's the options you can choose from yoga, stress management, peer support, sleep support, meditation, fitness, nutrition, and mindfulness. Um, Gina Marie, you cracked me up because one of the things we've heard from more than one or two or three people, there are certain agencies that have EAP in process and a constant criticism of the system with some of these agencies. And I'm referring to, uh, there was one in central Florida, and then there were actually three that I know of in South Florida. The officer would call a centralized phone number, summarize their situation, why they need the help, answer questions. Then they would be given a list of potential providers to help them. Then they would call and say it again. And then they would finally schedule an appointment. By the time they finally get to talk to somebody, they've already repeated themselves three or four times. It's just, so I'm glad you guys are cognizant of that. Well, yeah. So I'm the uh, mental health lawyer, um, lawyer the <laughs> mental health officer at, um, at my department. And because I wanted to find out what it would be like if I was one of the guys I work with and I called our EAP, our EAP it's not a clinician that answers the phone. So they say, okay, I'm going to ask you four questions. And then someone's going to call you back in two to four days. And then they're going to do another intake with you. And then they will connect you with a clinician, but that clinician may have a wait time. So it may be a month and a half before you get an appointment before you get to talk to someone. And I was honestly like sickened by the fact that that was what our department offers. And our administrators had no idea that that's the program they were giving us because that's how out of touch the higher ups are with what it actually is. So yeah, it's, it's pretty pathetic. And, and more often than not, we found that to be the case. There are certain agencies where they will actually go through the process or they'll have a team, a peer support team, CISM team, something like that. And they'll streamline the process a little bit. And those tend to be a lot better than some of the alternatives. Megan, I just went on the website where you click get support it looks like you literally only need to fill out two fields, a name and a phone number. You want to yes, talk about that? I do. I think that that's one of the biggest pieces uh, that drove Gina Marie and I to 
move forward in creating this team. And that is because we are very well aware of how challenging it is for our first responders today to raise their hand for support. They not only feel like they are the ones who always need to be providing the support, but we also know that there is fear and there is stigma, even though there shouldn't be, around raising your hand for help. And we wanted to provide a safe space where whoever comes to our website knows that when they're speaking with us, it stays with us. We are here just to help them. It is free. It is confidential. It is never going to get back to their departments. We're not affiliated with anyone. This is a team that we have created on our own to provide that support where it's a safe space. You don't have to worry about anyone knowing what we talk about in those sessions. Uh, And we're just here to help you. And that's what so many of our first responders today lack. And they forget that their mental health is the most important piece because there's so much stigma around it. But our brains are like any other body part. We need to train it. We need to care for it. And that's what we're here to do. They don't have to provide their last name, really any information. Um, It's just what they're looking for help with. And then we're right there for them. And have you had any anybody call or anybody take you up on the services? Has there been any success stories or any positives you want to share without, you know, going into the confidentiality? Yes, we've had, um, we've had many success stories, which um, is great. We have just started out as a team about a month ago, but as Gina Marie mentioned, uh, we've been doing this work for a while. I've been doing it alone um, with my studio for a while, and she and I worked on another team, and um, we've had great success with this. We had a retired homicide detective who came to us, and um, he was really struggling with depression. He was dealing with insomnia, um, and really just, he said over and over to us that he didn't know where to go, where it was safe, to get help. And he would do anything just to feel better. And we had the opportunity to be able to peer support him. I provided him with mindfulness training. He also um, took us up on some yoga, which was great. Um, That usually takes a little while to get people into that, but that's okay. And he is doing amazing. Uh, And it was really amazing to see. Uh, Also had another detective over the summer who came to us He had been trying for, and this goes back to what you guys were just talking about, for over a month to get in with a clinician with his department. And he was at the end of his rope. He had been through critical incident after critical incident and just wanted to feel better uh, and came to us. And we said, you know what? We need to make this service free, confidential, and available to people. And we need it to be immediate. We know that when you're struggling, you need someone to be right there for you in that moment. And that's who we are. You're not going to be waiting for us to get back to you. We are there. It is a safe space. And, you know, we're just so happy when people do come to us and you see that relief in their eyes that they do have somewhere where they can go. They can be responded to immediately. 
and they can say whatever and not worry about it. I love it and definitely accurate. I'm going to turn to Gina Marie for this one just because I know she's going to agree with me on this. About 10 plus years ago, it was a different mentality. I think it's worth mentioning. You guys, your services are not just for the newer generation. There's no shame in being 10, 15, 20 years into this job. There's no shame in being retired and having flashbacks and, you know, nightmares and then reaching out and trying to help that. Uh, Would you agree? I definitely agree. And I think it's even on some level, even more important for guys who've been on for longer because 10, 15 years ago, no one talked about this stuff. So now that we're talking about it, there's more knowledge out there. There's more, um, there are more resources than there were 10 years ago. And the conversation is happening. The conversation is happening amongst coworkers at work as well. Even if they're not directly talking about something that they themselves are experiencing, they're saying, hey, yeah, you know that guy, you know, this happened. So now that the old timers are seeing us talk about it more and realizing it's what they've experiencing, they're not alone in experiencing because prior to, you know, I want to say the last like two or three years, no one talked about it. So they thought they suffered with whatever that symptom was alone. They didn't think other people dealt with it. Now they know that other people are dealing with it. They're not alone. This is something that can be talked about freely. Um, I think more people are coming forward and saying, yeah, I am experiencing that. And it's okay to, it's okay to not be okay at this point. It's just not okay to stay that way. And I would just add to that, our personal, my personal advice, and then I know it's shared from our secretary, uh, our vice president, and a couple of our volunteers is completely agree with you. It's okay to not be okay. But we typically hear those words from some of our own, some of the agencies, some of the administrators. I would just caution people on what services you seek out. An organization like yours, like ours, where it's truly confidential, in my opinion, you're a million times better going there because unfortunately the fear about, you know, being sidelined or a fitness for duty or, you know, missing out on certain promotional opportunities, things like that, they're realities. There, there's good reason why people are scared of those things. I'm just glad to see you guys putting yourselves out there and doing what you're doing. According to Blue Help, I just looked them up. Year to date, 166 police officers have taken their own lives. And that's just police officers. That's just year to date. And that's just confirmed suicide. So to say there's a need for services like this, I don't even think that you can have too many resources. Either one of you want to add on to that and then we'll move to the next topic. Yeah, I'd just like to, um, I think what you're saying is so important. And I think that one instance I'd like to draw from is I have worked with a lot of first responders who responded to 9-11. And I think the biggest piece from that and in talking about the fact that that was, you know, almost 20 years ago now is the fact that first responders back then were seen as robots almost. You go in and you see what you see and you have to carry on. And that's, you know, not okay because we are all human. And when you see these very difficult scenes, you cannot undo your humanness. You're going to have a natural response to that. And when we went through that and then the recovery effort for two years, the officers who had to partake in that were told, you can go to 
a support group down the street. It, it was nothing. They were not given the support that they needed. And now here we are 20 years later, and New York is one of the places where suicide is so, so high because they never were able to process that. They feared exactly what you're saying, that it would impact their career if they came ahead and, and talked about it. And so what we want them to know is that we understand that you're you're going to not be okay from seeing things like this, from seeing what you see every day. And that's normal and that's okay. And if you come to us, we're here to help you. It's not going to impact your career. It gives you that safe space. Yeah, thank you for that. All right, before we go into the closing, uh, Gina Marie, you guys have social media. I think you have an Instagram page. Can you just tell everybody how they find you on Instagram and a contact email address? Sure. So our Instagram handle is wellness for warriors, wellness, one word, underscore, the number four, another underscore warriors. So that's our Instagram handle. You can DM us from there. We all have access to that. So we're all picking up on those messages. Um, and then my email at Wellness for Warriors is my name. It's J-E-A-N-N-A-M-A-R-I-E at Wellness for Warriors, the whole thing spelled out, dot live. All right. And then Megan, I'll go to you first. And then Gina Marie, I'll let you finish off. Any closing remarks, any thoughts, anything you want to leave everybody with? Well, I just want to say um, thank you very much, Rich, for having us on here today. We we just want to be here for our first responders who are there so selflessly for us every day and their families. Like Gina Marie said, it's okay to not be okay. It's not okay to stay that way. Everyone deserves to be able to live a very happy, healthy, and fulfilled life. And this year in particular, our first responders have dealt with so much stress and they require and deserve the support that we are here to provide them with and that we we truly want them to take part in this because we're here for them and want them to be okay. I love it. And especially this year, I, I couldn't agree more with everything going on. I think it's just critically important uh, that especially those working in certain areas, you know, not even to go into detail, but you know, places like Seattle and Oregon and Chicago and New York City and just some of these places, you know, I shake my head how these officers are going into work every day. So for me to do that, I could just imagine being in their shoes. Anyway, that's that's a whole we could have a whole other podcast on that. Go ahead, Gina Marie. Thank you, Rich, so much for having us on today. So I think that the the one biggest takeaway that I want everyone to that I, that I hope that hits home is that you're not alone. We are a safe refuge for you. And there's no problem too small. So even if you think it is, oh, they're not going to want to talk to me about that. It's really not a big deal. Try us. I'm a law enforcement officer. I'm a police officer. I get it. I know that little things build up to big things. So you carry this backpack on your back at all times. Not sleeping well, you throw a rock in there. Going to work, you have a bad call. Then you have two more bad calls and you're throwing bigger rocks in your backpack. Then you get forced for overtime, more rocks. By the time you get home and you get home to your wife and kids or your husband and your kids and you have a sick kid at home, the little pebbles, the little rocks add up to boulders. And at some point, everybody snaps. 
And there's only so much that each person can individually take. And we're here for when you can't take it anymore and for along the way. Our ultimate goal is to have police officers, first responders not get to the end of their rope. We want to be that resource so that we can make sure you don't get there. So you're constantly living at your optimal. So I just hope everyone gets that message that we're here for free, confidential support for whatever you may need. I love it. Can't thank you guys enough. And I actually, I wrote that down. It's okay to not be okay. It's not okay to stay that way. And then the little things turning into big things because it's so entirely true. All right. So in uh, our typical tradition with Team South Florida, we always say that we mean it when we say we will never forget. And it is December 23rd. So we want to honor a fallen officer that was killed in the line of duty on the day of the podcast. So we are going back to Florida Highway Patrol, who we have, to be honest, just spoken about way too frequently, way too often. This time, it's going to be for Trooper Ronald Smith. Trooper Smith was shot and killed on this day back in 1973. He was checking out with two suspicious men who were parked on a dirt road in Citrus County. One of the men shot Trooper Smith four times. Both then fled and tried to get away, but thankfully, two hunters were nearby. One of the hunters shot wounded and caught one of the suspects before catching the other suspect. Both suspects ended up being escapees who were on the run from a prison in Oklahoma. The shooter was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to death. In 1989, however, the death sentence was commuted to life in prison. And we checked as of just last month, the shooter is still listed as being in custody in a Florida state prison. The other suspect was sentenced to just two years for accessory to murder. Trooper Smith was a U.S. Marine serving for just three months with the Florida Highway Patrol, previously served with the Tallahassee Police Department, and left behind a wife and their two-year-old daughter. May they all always be remembered and never forgotten. Rest easy, brother.